Aurora of the Yukon, Chapter 2, Ho for the Klondike. They've painted Ho for the Klondike all over the ship. I guess the Klondike is the part of the Yukon where the gold is. Everyone thinks they'll be rich soon, even the boy who washes the ship's dishes. It's like a big party for everyone, except me. That's from my diary, on board SS Alpha on the Pacific Ocean, June 11, 1898. We almost missed our train leaving Montreal. It was because of Eve. Our train was supposed to be very early in the morning. Tantius Finn and our cousins came to see us off at the station. It was odd to be up so early. The city looks different and everything feels a bit strange. We had been to the station a hundred times before to see Papa. We knew lots of men that worked there. They were always friendly. But this time was different. Everyone acted strangely as they loaded our trunks onto the train. It was like we were going to Africa and they ex never expected to see us again. Mama kept talking about Uncle Thibault and the Klondike, about the big ranch he talked about in his letter, about the lodge and the guest house and the gold in the creek behind the ranch, about how he said anyone in the family was welcome. Suddenly, Maman noticed that Eve was gone. His sword and hat are gone, too, I said. The usual adult panic started. We all ran around looking frantically for him. Tantos Finn was saying something about kidnappers, but no one was listening to her. The conductor was shouting, all aboard, just like in stories. Then I realized where he would be. I ran to the place behind a big pillar where Papa used to take us when he wanted to smoke a cigarette. Eve was there, with his sword and his big floppy musketeer hat pulled down over his eyes. Je ne veux pas y aller, he sobbed. I don't want to go either, I told him, but there was no time for me to cry too. Eventually, I got him to come back to Maman by promising to read him his favorite part of the Three Musketeers. It's the part where D'Artagnan first meets the Musketeers and they become friends after they fight with the Cardinal's guards. I've practically got it memorized. I've read it to him so many times. I also told him I'd take him to see the conductor. You've got to do these kinds of things when you have to take care of a six-year-old brother. Everyone made a big fuss when we got back, especially the conductor. He said the train was leaving any minute, so we hugged everyone and Maman shooed us onto our train car. Fortunately, Eve quickly forgot to be so sad. We had been to the station before, but we had never been on a train. Pretty soon, Eve was running around exploring closets and poking his nose in other people's cabins. He got so excited that he started waving his sword at the conductor and shouting en garde until Maman took it away. I was expecting a very fancy train, since I had just seen pictures in one of Maman's magazines about Princess Louise's visit to Scotland. She was with her father, the Prince of Wales, and all kind of important dukes and duchesses. Princess Louise had a big dress with a hat covered in feathers, and she was sitting in a train car that looked like it was a room in a castle. But Maman said that we were in second class. Second class is okay. Our train car was nice, with soft seats, lots of nice wood paneling, and big windows. But it was crowded. Even I snuck up to see first class, which looked just like a photo of Princess Louise. There was even a fancy restaurant car, which reminded me of the restaurant beside the train station, with big tables, tablecloths, and waiters in white coats. We didn't go to third class, since Mamal said it wasn't proper. Back in our car, the women's and kids' bathroom was at one end, and the men's was at the other. The men were supposed to do their smoking at that end, too. We had a little compartment with four neat little beds that folded down. On our side, the bottom bed was for Mamal, and the top one was for Eve and me. I was supposed to sleep on the outside, so Eve wouldn't fall off. The other two beds belonged to a couple of English women. They didn't speak French, but they were very nice. One gave us little Scottish shortbread cookies from a little tin she had in her bag. I knew quite a few English words, which Papa had taught me when I visited him at the railway station. So I said, thank you. Eve just tried to grab a second cookie. Maman slapped his wrist. Si tu n'es pas sage, le conducteur va te mettre sur le toit, said Maman. When she said it, she put a big smile on her face, so the English ladies wouldn't know that she was scolding Eve. It's not polite to threaten to put your children on the train roof in public. 
Eve didn't really believe that the conductor would make him ride on the roof if he wasn't good, but he wasn't sure. He was pretty good with the English ladies after that. It took us almost a week to get to Vancouver. Canada is very big. The English ladies showed us where we were on their map as we went along. They ran out of shortbread in northern Ontario, but the train stopped in Winnipeg and they got some more. To pass the time, they started to teach English words to us and would give Eve more shortbread if he learned a really hard word. Eve and I learned lots of English, but Mama had trouble. She couldn't say the English sound th at all. Eve used to make fun of her by putting his fingers in his ears and sticking his tongue out whilst he said she was also always getting things confused, like how she said good night to the conductor every morning when we woke up. There was also a lot of confusion with the ticket collectors. They came twice a day, and Mama always seemed to be showing them the wrong ticket. The English ladies would try to help, but they didn't speak French. Mama would never listen to me, since she thinks that children shouldn't interfere in important things like train tickets. It was very annoying seeing the adults mess it all up again and again. Every day, Eve and I were amazed by something new. First, by how big Ontario was, it went on for days. And then there were the prairies, how flat they were. After that, wow, the Rocky Mountains going straight up into the clouds. As we got close to Vancouver, Maman and the conductor had another confusing conversation about how we could get from the train to our ship, the SS Alpha. While Maman and the conductor were talking in the corridor, one of the English ladies put her hand on my arm. Actually, I had learned their names by then. It was Mrs. McGregor. Are you going all the way to the Yukon Territory? With no one to meet you in Vancouver? She asked. I could tell she was worried that my mom didn't speak English. Yes, madame, I said in English. My uncle Thibault says many French Canadians in the Yukon Territory. She smiled, a bit uncertainly, I thought. That's a very good sentence, my dear. You could hardly speak at all when we started in Montreal. She looked up and checked if my mother was watching. Then she reached into her purse and put something cold and hard into my hand. I think a girl in the Yukon can always use one of these. It was a lady's pocket knife with a Scottish bird and the words Famous Grouse printed on the handle. In Vancouver, Mama was able to explain to a carriage driver where we needed to go. Well, I think it was mostly the note that Mrs. McGregor gave her that did it. Anyway, we were soon standing on the dock beside the SS Alpha. Have you ever been on an ocean liner? With the tall smokestacks, the handsome captain, and the giant ballroom? Well, those are the ocean liners that go from Montreal to England. The ones that go to Alaska are different. The SS Alpha was built even before Mama was born. It had three tall masts with a black hull and white on top. The captain's wheelhouse and the cabins on the deck looked nice from far away. The ship probably looked lovely when it was first launched in the old days, but now the paint was peeling and it was covered with rust. The mood on the dock was excited. Everyone was shouting and running back and forth. On the side of the ship, someone had painted the words, Ho for the Klondike, which means, Hooray, let's go, or something like that. The passengers were carrying all kinds of boxes and bags of supplies. Eve almost got knocked over by a porter with a huge pile of boxes marked ammunition. There were about 20 cows on deck, covering the whole back part of the deck, where the passengers were usually supposed to play shuffleboard and other ship games. One part of the upper deck was even reserved for dogs. There must have been 50 of them, and they howled the whole time we were in Vancouver. We had a small cabin again, not much bigger than on the train. It was on the main deck, and we could see outside through a tiny porthole. At first, it looked like we might have all four beds to ourselves, but at the last minute, two women came in. They were joking loudly, and I couldn't really understand their English. Their clothes smelled like cigarette smoke, and their breath had a strange smell. I don't know what it was, but I saw Maman frown when she smelled it. Gosh, you're a brown-eyed little cutie. Gonna be a lady killer when you grow up, I reckon, one of them exclaimed to Eve. He has a twinkle in his eye that everyone loves. Plus, Maman never let anyone cut his hair, 
so he looked like the little prince in that painting. The lady pinched his cheek. Gosh, and French too, she said, winking at me. They were a few years younger than Mamma, and dressed in very fancy clothes, not like Princess Louise and her friends in my picture, but like the ladies in the posters outside the music hall in Montreal. I think they were dancers. The tall one was beautiful, and her eyes and smile seemed to be like a magnet. You couldn't forget them. And what about you, Missy, she said to me as she unpacked. My name's Kitty Rockwell, from Junction City, Kansas. Pleased to meet you, miss. She kept unpacking, turning to smile at me from time to time. Now don't you have a pretty little dress and beautiful long brown hair and big blue eyes? She gave me a long purple ribbon and said it was for my hair. That black hair thing you got ain't pretty at all, sweetie. Qu'est-ce qu'elle dit? demanded Maman suspiciously. She couldn't understand what we were saying, but wanted to know. Then Maman shooed us into bed and got out her book, a sure sign she wanted to ignore our new cabin mates. Eventually they went out. We could hear them laughing with the other passengers in the hallway. I don't think Maman enjoyed the trip from Vancouver to Skateway. She wouldn't let us wander around like she had on the train. Not that we could go anywhere. What with the dog pen and all the cows on the deck, the people on the ship were much louder. Long after we went to bed, we could still hear shouting and laughing from the restaurant beside us. We went to the restaurant in the morning. Sometimes there were even men sleeping outside the door when we got there. Our eggs and toast always took a long time, usually because our waiter was so busy cleaning up beer bottles from the night before. As we sailed north, it seemed like the mountains kept getting bigger and bigger. The days kept getting longer. In the north, in the summertime, the sun stays up almost all night long. They call it the midnight sun. One night, we got to stay up to 10 p.m. Mama didn't realize how late it was until a man stumbled out of the restaurant and fell down in front of us. Then Mama hurried us back to our cabin. She didn't even punish Eve for shouting, Take that! and poking the man with his wooden sword as he lay on the floor. We didn't see much of Kitty and her friend. They would stay out late, even after midnight, and then come back and make a lot of noise going to bed. They would usually sleep late the next day, so that Eve and I would have to be quiet until lunchtime. One morning, Kitty's friend was even seasick in our cabin, even though it wasn't stormy at all outside. Mama didn't think our cabin mates were proper, or the other passengers, or the crew, or even the captain, whose crumpled uniform didn't look half as important as the conductor on the train. She must have said, Ce n'est pas correct, a hundred times during our voyage. Of course, even I thought it was all kind of fun.